Hello and welcome back to We Not Me, the podcast where we explore how humans connect to get stuff done together. I'm Dan Hammond. And I am Pia Lee. Greetings, Pia. How are you doing today? Well, doing. I'm doing extremely well. And um, and today is day four of a five-day week. And what happens at the end of today for you, Mr. Hammond? Well, I knock off. Yes, Thursday night, I knock off. I must say, um, Fridays sometimes get a little bit... Um, invaded by meetings or a little bit of work but uh, yeah i do walk work a four, four day week which i'm very lucky to be able to do so which is the topic of our little conversation today with um joe ryle so but i, but I think you and i have a long history of trying to dabble with this one don't we well we did because so in a previous life i remember you saying you wanted to work a four day week and being as open as i was i said that'll never work so obviously that set that up <laughs> a great deal of success <laughs> and yeah you you were you were Way ahead, I think. You, your thinking was way ahead, certainly way ahead than mine. But um, you've always been an advocate of it, being smart, being smart with your time and, and, and creating that balance. It can become a self-fulfilling prophecy, but also, to be honest, that, that job became massive and I spent a lot of time traveling. It just didn't really turn into something that was, that was easy, but not losing that idea um, years later, revisited it and um hilariously i moved to a four-day week took a cut in salary accordingly and then within about a month everyone was talking about all these companies you know going to a four-day week and not changing salary i thought what a sucker anyway I'm so um, but uh, <laughs> as a director of the company i was partly responsible for my own downfall there so um but yeah we have a conversation with joe ryle who is leading the campaign uh, for a four-day week. So I think this is a really topical subject, really great moment to think about this and to explore some of these questions that naturally arise from um, from reducing your work hours and possibly making a total shift to a different way of looking at work. So let's go and hear from Joe now. Joe, thank you so much for being on the show. Hi, thank you. Thanks for having me on. It's an absolute pleasure. Okay, so we're going to start with our, these dreaded conversation starter cards. I'm actually going to genuinely choose a card at random and see what you see what you get. And here it is. Ah, oh, the living person I most admire is big question. Is it? It used to be David Beckham as a kid, um, but I think I think I've gone off him a bit. Um, I, I would say. Um, John McDonnell, who was the former Labour Shadow Chancellor, was a, was a bit of a kind of hero for, of my life. I was lucky to work for him, um, and I learned I learned a lot from him and his dedication to pushing causes that he believes in for a long time. So I would say, yeah, and he got a lot of stick in the media during the Corbyn years. But actually, he is a lovely guy at heart, even though sometimes he can come across a bit angry. But um, yeah, he he was sort of I remember that he was sort of you know, I can't remember which show it was, but uh, he, he was sort of slightly mocked for that, wasn't he? Sort of just keep it down, John, keep it down. So talk a bit more about that. What what sort of what did you see in him that puts him at the top of that list for you? I think it was well. He's, he's a very strategic. He's got a very strategic brain. He's very strategically minded, which I would say probably was lacking a bit with Jeremy Corbyn. And, and you know, people there was a reason why people said John McDonnell was the brains behind that kind of era because it was was mainly true, partly true. Um, and we, we we spent a lot of time together. I I, I worked for him for four, three or four years and would would accompany him around the country and we were touring the country making speeches and. Yeah, it was quite an exciting time for a lot of people involved. Um, and yeah, he's someone I've always looked up to, you know, someone who's, who's, who's kind of gone against the grain for a very long time um, and not wavered on the, on this kind of political views and political beliefs. And 
yeah, I've, I've got a lot of respect for him. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, great, great to hear. Really nice to hear those when you get close to these people in power that they well, um, they're nice. That they're actually they 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 pass muster and they're decent people. That's yeah, they're nice. Exactly. Not not all of them, <laughs> but um, some. No, of them. no, no. Of course, I think, I think we know that one. But it's very nice to hear of one that is nice. But um, Joe, tell us a bit about you and. Um, and how you you are now involved in the in the four day week campaign? Yeah, so I was well, I guess while I was working for for the Labour Party, um, one of the policies that um, Labour adopted was a four day working week, and I remember being involved in conversations about it at the time. And it just you know, if someone that up until two and a half years ago when I started working on the camp four day week campaign, I, you know, someone who had worked a kind of nine to five five day work week or longer, you know, during Labour Party years, I was working a lot, 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 a lot longer hours than that, as you can probably imagine. Um, and it just struck me that I d- it wasn't a good. I mean, on a very simple level, there was no work life balance, um, and I often felt that my uh, self identity, sort of outside of work, was was diminished or lost, or so in, in some way by the amount of the, the work would dominate my life, and it just didn't didn't make me happy, really. Um, and so. Yeah, it was it was very interesting the idea already, and then as soon as the uh, the twenty nineteen general election was over and Labour didn't do so well, it's, I just thought you know that there's something in that four day week policy that that, that resonates with you know a, a really large majority of people in this country, and I thought it had legs to to go further and be taken forwards after that era, and yeah, that was why I ended up campaign already existed, and I ended up just kind of going along to a meeting. Uh, you know, saying I was really excited to be involved and then quite luckily through different contacts and stuff, got some funding in and ended up taking over in a way and becoming the director. I mean, I have, you know, three or four staff and, uh, yeah, as I'm sure we'll get onto in a little bit, you know, the idea has already come a long, long distance in the last few years since the pandemic. Yes, definitely. It's a fascinating time to be talking about this, I think, because even... Even a few years ago, this was, apart from probably forward-thinking organizations, this was sort of slightly a crazy idea. And people would say, well, you'll just get 20% less work done or whatever. Um, talk, talk us through the sort of thinking behind this and what science there is. Yeah, it sounds good. I mean, our, our slogan is that, you know, we should be working to live rather than living to work, um, which I think hopefully sums it up. You know, the, the work should not be dominating our lives in this way that, you know, means that we don't have much time for anything else. And I, I do think there's a generational shift going on. I think for my generation, I'm, I'm 30, 32 and the generation below me, you know, I, I, I think they've looked, they've looked at their grandparents' generation, their parents' generation. And, and I think they've said, you know, I don't think they want their lives to be dominated in the same way as it has been for them. So I think that's happening anyway. So there's all those kind of positive reasons for society, for well-being, for mental health. That's you know, a sort of fairly straightforward and easy to understand. But also what we've now seen through evidence from all across the world, from different, you know, numerous studies, numerous trials and pilots of the four-day week, because it actually seems to be good for productivity too. Um, seems to be, you know, have a, a good impact for the economy. Um, and actually when you think about it, it's not surprising, you know, if you're better rested, if you've had that, that extra time for yourself, whatever you need to do in your life, then you are going to be performing better in your job. You are going to be more motivated to perform better in your job. And that's where all these productivity improvements are coming from. And, and in the vast majority of cases, you know, workers are finding they can get at least the same amount of work done in four days as they were doing in five. And in, in many cases, actually, being more productive, getting more work done, being more effective in four days rather than five. So in that scenario, you know, you have to ask the question, what's not to like about it? Yes. (laughs) 
Yes, indeed. And I mean, and I, well, I, 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 I sort of, personal notes i moved to four day week i'm trying to think when it was actually covid sort of disrupted my view of time a little bit but um but i think it was three or four years ago and i have to say just the personal experience has been that it has an uncanny effect on a sort of a, a disproportionate effect i would say it seems like the week is about half as long and the weekend is twice as long and it doesn't sort of add up mathematically but um but somehow it seems to it, it does have a huge effect so there's something about those four days that just seems to be just seems to make sense actually it's not it's a big it's a big shift actually from five which is presumably well established from way back yeah exactly and, and do, do you have some three-day weekend then i do yes i do a friday yeah that's the way i do it i have a friend who who has his day off in the middle of the week but i do a three-day weekend yeah yeah because that's what we found is that yeah for most for most workers, you know, and in some cases it won't be possible for everyone to have a Friday off, but there is there's something transformational about having that three days off in a row, whether it's a Friday or a Monday off. So having those three days in a row really gives you that break from work that, that you know, is, is needed, actually. Yeah. Where, where did the five-day week come from? Well, that's really interesting and, you know, actually is really important context for the for the fight for a four-day week today. So it was it was about almost exactly 100 years ago that we moved from a six-day working week to a five-day working week. It used to be that everyone worked on a Saturday as well. And through you know high-profile campaigns by the trade union movement and also you know some early pioneering companies, actually Boots in the UK were one of the first companies to, to scrap the Saturday and to move to a five-day working week. Um, over a period of about a decade or two, you know, the, the Western world basically shifted from a six-day working week to a five-day working week. So it's almost a hundred years ago, and you know, we say we say this quite a lot, but you know, that 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 nine-to-five, five-day working week and variations of that, you know, that was designed for 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 what was an industrial agricultural economy of the time, um, and obviously the economy has completely transformed since then. But yet, for some weird reason, bizarre reason, we're still wedded to this nine to five, five day work a week model when it actually just doesn't make a lot of sense for most people. So what um what are you seeing, Joe, as the resistance from businesses and organizations to four day working week? Because I would imagine people of my age would actually balk at that as as uh business owners because it they just somehow mathematically wouldn't add up. Yeah, well, I mean, there is that weird sort of nostalgia for for the nine to five, five day working week model. This kind of idea that just because something's all, always existed like that, that it's that it's you know whether that's necessarily the best reason, best model of work or not, there seems to be that kind of holding on to it uh, for some reason. There's a bit of resistance there, but I think from businesses, I think you know, and you've touched on it already. There, there can be that feeling of disbelief. You know, like how could it be possible to get you know be just as effective as an organisation over four days? Like, how could that be possible? People. Are, working one day less and you know i think i think what's happened in the last couple of years is all the evidence coming out now is, is, is really taking away some of those fears taking away some of that fear factor and showing you know this is possible and and you know hundreds if not thousands of companies over the world have proved that um you know there would of course be complexities in some industries in terms of implementation and and there's some resistance there uh you know we're not talking about a four-day week overnight for everyone there'd have to be a transition to get there you know, as as I imagine would be quite similar to the, to the shift from a six-day week to a five-day week over a period of a decade or something like that. And hopefully, you know, hopefully this year is, is the start of that trend. I was sort of slight, a wry smile to myself about nine to five because I don't think that exists anymore. And actually, I think people are working, you know, 
7 a.m. to 8 p.m. I don't, I don't, I mean, certainly here down in Australia, we, a 10 hour day is, is the norm. And sometimes the challenge about a four day working week is that actually you work longer and harder during the four days to somehow make up for the fifth day that's off. And I, and I wonder whether that can have a negative impact. Well, certainly on the compressed hours model, which is, is something we, you know, we've never advocated for. And we're very clear about that. You know, we don't accredit any companies that are compressing the same amount of hours over five days into four. You know, for us, it has to be about reduction of hours. And, and the aim is for at least, you know, 32 hours or below uh, over a working week. I mean, the average in the UK is still 37 to 38 hours um, over the week. So still, you can, you can see the, the way to go there still is. Um, but yeah, there's all sorts of, insecurities, I guess, in the economy right now when it comes to work, if you think about zero hours contracts, um, which actually make this a lot more difficult. And, you know, we've, we've always said the four-day week's not going to solve all the problems of the economy. You know, some of it's down to low, you know, low wages, zero hours contracts. Some of these things need to be fixed as well to enable four-day weeks to be possible for everyone. But, you know, at the end of the day, most people are, if you look at the evidence in the UK, anyway, there was, there was a study out a couple of weeks ago by the CIPD showed that, you know, actually about 60 to 65% of people are still working this quite rigid five-day working week, whether it's nine to five or 10 to six, it's that sort of model. Um, obviously, people will do overtime as well, which is a problem in itself, but that is still the majority way of working. I think you mentioned the generational shift, Joe. Is there, is there a, a change in the sort of balance of power, if you like? Because if I think about the, the past, you know, the, the companies have, as, as Pia said, Yes, you're contracted to. I've signed loads of these contracts. You've got to work 37 and a half hours or whatever. But there's a paragraph, there's a there's a clause in there saying, and all the other hours the company <laughs> wishes you to work. Um, and, and it's sort of it's it's when you look back, it's absolutely it's absurd in a way. But but the company held the power. Is there a slight shift now where companies have to to attract this next generation who have this different view of? the way life work fits into life i think so and i think i think we're just at the very beginning of that i think it's just only in the last year or so where we've seen a bit more of that power in the hands of workers who you know are who are looking around for better working conditions whether it's better pay more flexibility less hours um and you know one of the best things that companies and businesses can do if they're serious about retaining staff uh, you know, job retention attracting new talent you know is offer a four-day working week with no loss of pay because that is you know, easily the most popular option in terms of what people are looking for when it comes to the kind of polling and survey data. So we've seen that, you know, we've, we've seen that one of the, the best, my best fact on this is uh, Atom Bank, who are the biggest four day week employer in the UK. They, when they moved to a four day week, in, in the space of three months, just three months, uh, job applications went up by 500% of their organization. I think that does show, you know, the, the impacts and the, the benefits that businesses can get in terms of job recruitment and retention. And if you dive into what actually happens when people move from a five-day to a four-day week, we know the productivity is still as high. How do people change their work? So I'm working five days now. I'm going to move to four days. The, 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 the evidence tells us that I'm going to be as productive. Not a, and, and obviously, there are societal benefits. I'm going to be less tired, all those things, outside work. What, what, how do people adapt to that four-day week to make them to, to maintain that productivity? That's a really good question. Um, so on the, on the pilot that we ran with 70 companies, 3,300 workers, it's the biggest pilot um, 
of a four-day week so far in the world. We There was an onboarding phase for all of those companies, which was about two to three months, where we ran workshops with those companies and with workers to talk through things which they could think about or implement to make the transition to a four-day week smooth. And so some of that was... Yeah, it's quite simple about kind of cutting down meeting times, cutting down the length, yeah, the, the amount of meetings, the length of meetings. You know, it's quite common in organizations to have a meeting about a meeting about another meeting. You know, cutting all of that down. Uh, also looking at people's, you know, in, in the more uh, significant cases, looking at people's job descriptions and actually considering, you know, what, what in people's job descriptions actually contributes to the effective output or productivity of an organization. And the fascinating thing was that for, for a couple of companies, I'm not going to name them, they didn't even know what their, you know, their output was, you know, what they were measuring success by for their organization. And so partly the conversation around the four-day week has been quite useful just because of that reason to actually consider what are your workers trying to achieve. Um, and once you start from there, you suddenly there's a, you can suddenly identify a lot of tasks that people do in their day-to-day work that actually isn't particularly useful. Um, so some of the, you, know, you can cut some of that down. Uh, yeah, and different and people have implemented different ways of working, different kind of systems like Slack and that sort of thing, it's just sort of streamline the way people work. And yeah, and then, and then you know the, the, the basic principle you know, is working smarter rather than working harder. It's not about um, it's not about you know absolutely working yourself to death in those four days. And sometimes it it will be a little bit like that. You know, even for me, sometimes on a Thursday I'm really busy because I I know that. I'm not going to be working the next day. And actually, you know, it's fine. You know, it's not like it's not, it's manageable. And uh, uh, people, people don't mind being a bit busy. I don't think, you know, people, it's good to have, it's good to have stuff to, to be, to be contributing to at work. Um, and there is that a few workers have actually quoted as well. They've said, you know, that there's come back in some of the anecdotal evidence. They've said, it's almost like you naturally become more efficient overnight just by, having to put your work over four days rather than five, you know, you do naturally adjust as, as we've seen with people, workers adjusting to remote working during the pandemic, you know, there was a period of adjustment and actually we're quite good at that. Yeah. I think that was my personal experience as well. And I was going to say, that's interesting that you mentioned about the pandemic because, you know, two thirds of the working world is now hybrid. And, um, you know, when you've got a hybrid workforce and, and some of your people on a four day working week, um, does this put extra pressure on the team leader, the manager? Yeah, well, it's interesting. I mean, I mean, I think you have to take the you have to take the two issues as, as slightly separate, kind of remote working and four day weeks. Of course, you know, if they're going to be implemented together, you need to think about that. But for us, we're not. You know, we think there are benefits of of people being in the office. Um, it doesn't need to be four days a week, but two days on, two days off. That sort of arrangement seems to be the most popular option because there are benefits. of just on a human connection level, you know, humans coming together, working things out together, not not for a screen. Um, so, it, it, you know, I'm not going to lie, it does present challenges for, for line managers and bosses, but I've not heard of any, not heard of any disastrous reports in that way. And actually, where it tends to work best is where the managers are really actively involved in that change too. So, there's a, a couple of situations you've had where managers have been like, oh, the staff now four day week, but I'm going to I'm going to do five day week because I've got loads more to be getting on with and that actually doesn't set a good example um and can lead to further problems in the long run where you know the rest of the workforce are feeling guilty about taking their day off and that you know you want to avoid that really i find that fascinating actually because there is a myth isn't there that the leader that the manager we spend a lot of time in leadership development and one of the things we spend a lot of time in that doing is 
convincing the manager that they don't they shouldn't be doing the work of the team that they should be sharing that spending their time leading but it's interesting how the four-day week seems to almost sort of um amplify some of you know the shift to it sort of raises these issues like as you say people don't really know what their their roles are um so they're inefficient and and that's those sorts of attitudes about well i'll just keep working really hard because i'm the most important i've got to keep keep going it's it's um yeah i find that fascinating it almost puts a magnifying glass on how um how on the actually the the problems that already exist it almost brings them to the surface it seems yeah exactly yes you're exactly right yeah it brings them to the surface and there's actually there's an, you know there's a number of organizations that even just they didn't didn't actually even go ahead of it but just the the fact of just considering the Musa for a week has actually been really really valuable to them in terms of looking at the way that they work and looking at where there's inefficiencies looking at where you know work's falling disproportionately uh, on some people's shoulders rather than others and, and why is that and you know, the, the, the most common thing that comes back when when workers from the workers' side when they're about to move to a four day week is this kind of feeling of well I'm well, I'm struggling to get the work done anyway in five days how am I going to get it done in four and it's like well that needs to be looked looked at in and of itself you know that's a problem already uh, and if that can be addressed as part of moving to a four day week then it does make the whole whole transition a lot smoother and much easier. I, I think that sort of weird overnight change happened for me. I thought I was focused and efficient and actually moving to four days just made me just take that up to the next level and and really get very clear about the things I'm going to do and the things I'm not going to do for me I had the same experience really it was sort of oh four days now I need to actually improve my working practices which I thought were fine before but I actually really have now I just put those chunky things into play and I just let the other things go and and I think that's how I've improved my productivity of anything just by doing the right things you can't really explain that in data and hard evidence and it's it's, it's more of a kind of anecdote and the 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 good thing about the report so that the big pilot we've been running of 70 companies, the, the results are going to be out in February next year. And a lot, a lot of interviews have taken place. There's been, I think, over 60 to 80 interviews with staff, with managerial level, and a lot of that's going to be come out in the report. So hopefully we'll get some of this out there for people to read and understand better because some of it is anecdotal and you can't always you can't always show that in, in nice stats and nice tables. But, but I would say, you know, on the productivity issue more generally, you know, it is... Productivity has been stagnant in this country for quite a long time. And it, the interesting thing is that we are the UK, you know, there is an acute issue here in the UK of productivity where we work some of the longest hours in Europe, um, while having, you know, the least productive economy in comparison. So all these long working hours we're putting in aren't making us more productive, aren't producing good results. Um, we also have the least, the, the fewest number of bank holidays as well, just to rub it in. Yes, that's right. <laughs> and all at the wrong times as well. But that's that's another probably topic for another another show. Um, yeah, but that is a very for society. That's a very bad combination, isn't it? Because we're not generating, we're putting the time in to work and not not having those benefits of having more free time for other things, while not generating the cash to be able to pay for things. So we're yeah, and it, yeah, it's it's a it's a tricky spot. It's a bad spot to be in, isn't it? Yeah, so you know, they, they, yeah, they talk about it as a kind of productivity puzzle, don't they? And they've been attempting for decades to try and work it out. But actually, one thing, one thing we haven't tried yet is, you know, fundamentally reducing working hours across the board. And I think if you look at Germany, if you look at France, if you look at uh, Belgium, other countries, you know, they they do work less hours, uh, significantly less hours over the average full time week. And they are more productive, you know. I think there's, I can't remember what it exactly what it is, but some something in the Financial Times a couple of years ago about 
you know, how in France they basically got all the same amount of work done by by the end of a kind of Wednesday or something than we, you know, in terms of productivity as than we do here. So it's Pro- we probably quite drink striking. more tea than they do. That's <laughs> that's probably the thing. <laughs> and and it does really. I mean, I think it questions. Uh, I think my only challenge around it is it questions what we're doing. Spending time traveling into a workplace is sometimes a bit of a waste of time, which could be spent being more effective working. And then there are days, you know, when you're in the office where you've got nothing done and you've just been firefighting, you've been completely unproductive because almost the nature of being together has sort of has been disruptive. And, and other days, of course, it's completely different. And then I know my own experience, I've tried to take some Fridays off, but being a business that's run by clients that all work on Fridays, I've found that extremely difficult to do because at a stage of growth of the business, it, it may be a bit of an impediment. Yeah. Well, it's, you know, it's certainly going to be a lot easier if, for example, you know, this is our ideal scenario. This is what we're kind of working towards. You know, we, we, we keep saying we want the four day week to be the normal way of working by the end of this decade, you know. If the government, you know, kind of backed it um, alongside business leaders, alongside trade union leaders, industry leaders, and you know, had a kind of long term plan for getting there, then you can you can start to see how society and you know the economy starts to shift there together. And um, without that, it can you know it is going to be a lot more messy. There are going to be, you know, and we've seen that with the pilot we're running, where where there's all sorts of different variations of the four day week. You know, some people are rotating days off. So as you were saying, Dan, you know, some people are having Wednesday off, some people are having Thursdays off. Um, to be able to, you know, basically just as an acceptance that they're moving to a four-day week in a world which is still largely dominated by the five-day week. And that does bring challenges. Um, but, you know, we have to start somewhere and, it, it, you know, the evidence does look like the vast majority of, of, of companies and organisations in this country, you know, they could get on with doing this this now. Joe, if you just think about teams um, and the way people work with others, it's struck, the the benefits you said you spoke about early on, where people are less tired and they've probably got in a better mindset. Um, that often help makes us better at sort of getting away from just thinking about ourselves. We we're more likely to look, you know, connect with our stakeholders, have a bigger view, maybe be more patient with people, more thoughtful, have more time for people. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you know, ultimately the, the four day week is about enabling us to live happier and more fulfilled lives. There's all, been all sorts of amazing stories. And that's where I've taken the most pleasure in, in this job actually is like meeting those workers and hearing those stories from, from what people are doing on the extra day off. And for, for some people it is self-growth, self-development. You know, someone was saying, a company the other week that you know they've they've had the time to go and seek therapy for something they'd never dealt with as a kid or something um something like that for others you know it's volunteering in the community people going off and doing all kinds of volunteering roles and being more active participants in their local community which is only going to bring about a happier and more integrated society in the future so and, and also you know i should say that as part of the kind of essential shift to a, to a, a newer low carbon society you know having more time is one of the it is or not having enough time is one of the barriers to that. And four day week we've seen ha- has given workers the, the time to live more sustainable lifestyles, you know, whether it's, uh, you know, growing their own veg or that sort of thing. Um, you know, it just does, time is essential, isn't it? For, for anything you want to do in life. Definitely. Um, so Joe, thank you. Can you leave us with, um, you know, a final tip for our listener? Maybe they're thinking, oh, I could really do with doing, trying to make that happen how would you advise people to 
try to make some steps in this direction? The first bit of advice I always give and I always say this to, to any company or any organization that's considering for the week is, is simply don't overthink it. Um, and we've seen this a number of times where, you know, organizations have tried to try to think about every single possible eventuality of moving to a four day week, you know, tried to consider every single person's work in an organization, sometimes up to, you know, a thousand employees bigger than, you know, trying to anticipate how it's going to work and how it's going to impact them on that day and that week and with that task. And it, you just get lost in that. Um, you know, and, and we do recommend that the companies trial it first, whether it's for three months or six months. Um, and the whole point of a trial is to see what works. And they, of course, there's going to be challenges. There'll be challenges of any major change in the way that we work. Um, but, you know, don't overthink it. Give it a go. And, and if, if management are feeling unsure about it, you know, pitch it on the basis of a trial. It's a trial for six months. We're going to see if it works. There has to be no commitment at the end of it to, to make it work. But um, give it a go because it's, it's, it's a movement which is taking off. And hopefully it's going to be the future of work. Indeed, indeed, indeed. So, um, Joe, it's been great to hear um, everything you're doing to, to move in that direction. I think it's, it's, we're, it's, it's really great work and, and, and not an obvious thing for people to be able to, to do right now. So uh, thank you for all your hard work and thank you for taking, um, taking the time to join us on the show today. No, no worries. Thanks for having me. Thanks for the invitation. You know, I remember years ago, it must be 25 years ago, a friend of Juliet's, my wife Juliet's, um, Roz, um, would say, you know what, this five, how can, how this, how, why is this five two? It should be four days working, three days weekend. That would be obviously much fairer. And I remember it was just a bit of a joke, really. We'd think how hilarious, how we laughed. But here we are actually talking about it. So um, things that were funny, 30 years ago, 25 years ago, are now actually coming to reality for a very good reason, I think. I think so much has happened in the world of work, you know, particularly in the last last couple of years, that everything is a little bit up for grabs and it's much more around, you know, around the balance and around productivity. It's an interesting one. I think um, bosses, CEOs, leaders have to look at themselves and see about their own anxiety levels about what they perceive to be productivity, equaling time. You know, I think that we, we tend to think that if we've got everyone in at five days a week and they're working reasonably long days, then that's, that equates to high performance. And I think we've proved that's not necessarily the case. Yeah, I think that's right. I think that's right. I suppose those movements, as you say, a lot has changed. We're now actually aware of, we're aware of mental health. We're aware of the impact of sleep and we're aware on the, of the impact of rest. Um, you know, back in the day, it was the grind. And I do I keep, keep returning to this, but we've, we brought that model of the industrial revolution where people are making pins or whatever and, you know, brought that into the office world. And we are knowledge workers now to a lot. Uh, many of us are knowledge workers. I think we've also talked about people who aren't but you know in that case it's a question of you know your quality of thinking your mental health and so on that become comes to the fore and and uh and a little bit more balance makes sense but it is also worth saying that a lot of the things we talk about here and that the linkedin arati talk about are really for the privileged few not everyone can afford to do this um and not every every organization can do this so i think while we explore these these things it is worth remembering that it's a privilege to even think about such a thing and I, I certainly personally feel that way i think so i think too that it's about your relationship to work 
and to working hours and what as a whole system is going to work better for you, you know, as, as an individual. So I take today as an example. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm finding four day weeks more difficult because it just seems to be that clients want to have meetings on Fridays. And so, but then I look at it and go like today, for instance, I think, well, I took an hour out to go and have breakfast with my daughter today. And I took another hour out to go and have a swim in a waterhole you know, because it was very hot. And I look at that and I think of, you've got to you break that rigid mold that it's the number of hours and that equals productivity. It's more around how am I going to set myself up if I'm able to, to be successful? And so it's a much more liberating and a mature way. It doesn't work in every, every organization. And I, I too believe and, and understand and value actually how lucky I am. I have some of that autonomy, but you can also become a prisoner of yourself and become if you, you know, become that the worst boss, which is yourself. Yes. Oh, completely. And you beast yourself. Yeah. And um, it's, it's not healthy. And I'm learning. I did a lot of that. And I'm really learning to, as you say, not just in those days when I'm, I think, I think actually it's a really good point. The, the, that four day week is in a way a blunt instrument, isn't it? To say, take time out, do some things. It's worked for me because actually I do then practice. I do then do things on that day, specific things. So that helps. Even if work does creep into that day, sometimes as I say, sometimes clients insist, you know, really want to do that. That's fine. But it does allow me to do it. In reality, having that looser grip on our days and being able, being able to be much more mindful about how we use our time, go for a dip in a waterhole, whatever it is. But that's a more sophisticated thing. But as we get into the corporate world, and even for ourselves, we sometimes use, you, this, this is a sort of a blunt instrument, but I think a good one potentially just to sort of organize ourselves and force a change of behavior. But I think you're, the way you're doing things there is, 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 a, is a higher level high order of things uh, but it, it is interesting period you know if you let's just talk about the practicalities of this because i certainly had trouble when i moved to a four-day week of oh my clients want a meeting on a friday even through last year i had a bit of this which was do i say i don't work on a friday what does that look like how, how, how does that make me you know you're working on a friday i'm not working on a friday i'm here to serve you well, you know, but not that day because I'm. Are you a slacker I, on a Friday? I can't, I'm slacking on a Friday. So uh, honestly, I have. It's not been easy to to do it, and I've had to have a little bit of courage. And I've, I admire people who just you know, getting a few messages now, people saying, "I don't work on that day," and it actually works okay. But I think it does require a little bit of flexibility. But I've found it's required cover, cu courage for me to say that's my identity. I do other things on that day. But it's, it's yeah, sort of, yeah. I, I'm here for you, but not on Friday is a yeah. tricky message. I know. But, <laughs> you know, sometimes the clarity of boundaries actually just makes it easier. So, and also you can make a personal choice to think, well, actually, I really need to be that person needs me to be there. I can give, give that, give that bit up. That's a personal choice too. 
don't have to be rigid about it. Exactly. Oh, gosh. Right. Well, I'll try flexibility. Um, personal challenge for me. But Yoga uh, that was working. A, <laughs> exactly. But that was a great conversation and really um, relevant for our time. So I'd love to hear from our listeners um, about this topic, how they are doing. But uh, that is it for this episode. You can find show notes and resources at squadify.net. Just click on the We Not Me podcast link. If you've enjoyed the show, please share the love and recommend it to your friends. Also, please do give us a rating on your favorite podcast platform. If you'd like to contribute to the show, just email us at wenotmepod at gmail.com or leave a voice note. You'll find the link in the show notes. We Not Me is produced by Mark Stedman of Origin. Thank you so much for listening. It's goodbye from me. And it's goodbye from me.